The best in the West in association with Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. We support local communities. We support you. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On today's podcast we're going to hear from Kinsale golfer John Murphy. John, who plays his golf for the University of Louisville, recently won this year's Byron Nelson Award, a prize open to seniors across the USA. The prestigious award, which takes into account both golfing ability and personality, grants Murphy entry to the AT&T Byron Nelson Classic in Dallas on the PGA Tour next May. We're also going to bring you the latest on Best in the West, our search for West Cork's greatest ever sportsperson. With the quarterfinals out of the way, we're down to the final four and in part two, we'll bring you details of both semi-finals. The Best in the West is brought to you by Access Credit Union, Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. Kieran, before we hear from John Murphy, let's start with the news that sport is coming back. As part of the next phase of the reopening of Ireland, the GEA has released a revised schedule for club championship. There's talk of a return for junior and schoolboy soccer. Bowling is already back. It looks like we're going to get a summer of sport after all. Yeah, Jack, um, I suppose going back a couple of weeks ago, and the look wasn't great for, I suppose, for the rest of the year, to be quite honest. It looked like there'd be no GEA and and the rest of the sports kind of followed suit. But um, the good news the last couple of weeks is that the, was the COVID-19 situation is improving in Ireland. We've seen the the cases kind of come down, which is great to see. And um, the GA is coming back. Like you said, uh, it was announced last week, late last week by the GA, that the club championships would be coming back online from the very end of July. So we're probably looking at this the club championships kind of come back all around the country and there's an 11 week period in Jack where the club championships can be played before we move on to the inter-county scene later in the year so um, I think what's very interesting too is that they're hoping to get fans at the games um, again rewind back a couple of weeks and all the talk was about kind of playing games behind closed doors but now the talk is has moved on and it's about getting fans into games and we have an interview with Tracy Kennedy the Cork chairperson in this Thursday's Southern Star where she's talking about her hope that supporters will be at the club championship games when they return um, in, in the July early August so that's certainly kind of something to look forward to obviously there's lots of kind of boxes to tick and um, kind of criteria to meet before we get there but it's all looking very encouraging Jack and do we know anything about the other sports across West Cork obviously the GEA being the organisation that it is they've set out quite a, a detailed roadmap to returning what, what, what have the other sports last week we had news 
in the Southern Star of road bowling's return. But what of soccer, rugby? Do we know anything about those yet? Or are we still to hear from the likes of the FAI and the IRFU? As far as I know, the, the West Cork League and the West Cork Schoolboys League, they're waiting to kind of receive protocol and kind of direction from the FAI. But that's actually expected this week, quite early this week. So um, we could have news of that in Thursday's Southern Star. So you would think that the soccer would probably follow the same route as the GA and that they will see a, a return um, a return to action. I think the West Cork Schoolboys League, I've heard they're trying to pencil in a return later in the, in the next couple of months. So um, it does look like a lot of the sports are coming back on coming back online, which is brilliant to see. Um, like you said, their road bowling has returned this week with juvenile championships and they're talking about getting the vintage championships back online next month. Um, rowers are back on the water training only in single skulls at the moment. And what was great too, Jack, as well last Friday when the government announced the easing of restrictions was that high-performance athletes are allowed return to their um, to their training bases. So for the likes of West Cork's elite sports people, we're thinking of the rowers there from Skibbereen or the likes of Phil Healy. They can now access their training centres um, for the first time in months. So that will help their preparations going, going forward this year and looking ahead to next year with the, with the Olympics planned. So it's all quite positive at the moment um, from a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago when the sporting outlook looked quite bleak and we were really kind of facing up to the prospect of no live sport in, in 2020 now we will have live sport and I think that, that that's great news um, it's just good communities on the GA for a second there's every community in the country is kind of linked with the GA club and the fact that GA is coming back it just add an extra pep in the step for people too and it's something to look forward to and if you can get fans into those games um, fantastic obviously once it's safe to do so but it seems to be on the right track at the moment and just fingers crossed everything stays and sticks according to plan well I can't wait to get back up and running I got new Adidas boots in a sale about two weeks ago so I can't wait to be strutting my stuff back on the Baltimore Road but Kieran, we leave my dreams and ambitions there for a second let's talk about Kinsale golfer John Murphy you had a chance to catch up with him we're going to hear from him in a second but just for those of our listeners who aren't quite familiar with his story could you give us a brief summation of who he is and what this award he won is all about um, John Murphy is a Kinsale golfer who's kind of he's hitting the headlines in, in America for all the right reasons um, I suppose before he went to America he had a couple of big wins um back here in Ireland he won the Bollingar Scratch Cup um, he was following in some very famous footsteps there go back two or three years ago he won the, the Lynx Trophy in St Andrews which was a huge breakthrough win for him so he's someone who has been um, on the rise in the last couple of years and he went over to, to the University of, of Louisville and um, on a scholarship and he's really taken off there he's won the Byron Nelson Award um, and that's a huge award to win I think it's a, as far as I know there's 900 Colleges that are involved in golf in America, and for a Kinsale man to be picked as the overall winner is a, is a huge coup for him. It's a very prestigious award, and one of the big perks of John's award is that he's also won entry into a PGA Tour event in Dallas in May 2021. That's huge, absolutely huge. Um, for a fella from West Cork to be going to the Byron Nelson Classic next year and lining up with the big boys, you know, kind of you're talking about the world's elite golfers and. John Murphy would be right there beside him. I suppose with the 
here in West Cork, go back two years ago, he was presented with a West Cork Sports Star Monthly Award for his achievements, and he's he's um, he's continued on from that. So he's home at the moment. Um, he's not going back to America for a couple of weeks. So it was a great chance to catch up with him and find out how much he's enjoying life in America. Delighted to be joined on the Star Sport Podcast this week by Kinsale golfer John Murphy, who was um, in plenty of headlines lately after he won the Byron Nelson Award. Um, first off, John, congratulations, a big award to win. Fill us in on this award first to kind of how prestigious this award is in American golf. Yeah, firstly, thanks for having me on, um, Kieran. Uh, so yeah, this award is, or this award is basically, um, it, it combines golf and academics along with citizenship and um you know it looks at kind of how you treat others so there's other coaches kind of have an input into it um and it's it's kind of dependent on I suppose your attitude and how you treat others and um how others perceive you so certainly uh you know I, I've obviously had a, had a great time over in terms of golf in my in my senior year um you know I really uh I, I suppose I really enjoyed the experience but getting recognized for something other than golf as well was uh was very satisfactory for me and so yeah it's something that I'll, I'll always be grateful for. One of the big perks of this award John is that you've you've got entry into a PGA Tour event the Byron Nelson Classic I think in Dallas next year like that's a, a magnificent opportunity you must be looking forward to that already. Yeah yeah absolutely and um, I suppose just kind of trying to not think about it too much now at this point is going to be um going to be a problem uh you know I've a lot of people ask me about it since and I've had a lot of people tell me they're going over and, and whatnot. And I've, you know, the last couple of weeks has kind of been orientated around, around playing the PGA Tour event, which, you know, I, I don't want to um, downplay it too much because it's, it's the kind of thing that I've dreamed of as a kid. So I'm delighted to, to finally get that opportunity. So, um, yeah, just looking forward, like it's going to be, it's going to be a great experience and, and it's, it's certainly something to look forward to in the next year. Looks like there'll be a mass exodus from Kinsale and West Cork to, to, to the Baronets and Classic next year. But like you were saying, Kylie Cole taking us down in the bus. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a PGA Tour event. Like it's one of one of the big events. Kind of you're getting to line up beside the big boys. Kind of that's the stuff of dreams, I presume. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's um, yeah. As I said, you know, you grow up as a kid. You're playing Tiger Woods PGA Tour on the PlayStation. You're you're just watching, well, sorry for me anyway, I was watching PJ Tour events week in, week out, just kind of dreaming of being able to compete with them someday and, you know, just, just having that vision. Like, as much as you think about it and as much as you you dream of having a, a six-footer in a PJ Tour event um, or, you know, the nerves of a PJ Tour event, as much as you think about it, it's it's kind of hard to really imagine yourself there. So the fact that I do get to go there now and put myself in that position and, and challenge with uh, or compete with some of the some of the best players in the world, you know, that's that's certainly a, a dream come true, I suppose, and just something that, as I said, I can really look forward to within the next year. Winning this Byron Nelson Award, will that open more doors for you going forward, John? I presume over the last couple of weeks, you've probably found us more of a spotlight on you. Like there's been a lot of stories online and in newspapers and uh, you've been profiled a lot more. Do you hope that it will kind of, like I said, there are open doors for you in, in the next weeks, months and years ahead? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Um, I think... Yeah, I've, I've certainly found that there's uh, probably been a bit more interest uh, in, well, I, yeah, like people contacting me and stuff like that. Um, you know, if, a few agencies asking asking what uh, my plan is moving forward. But again, I don't want to kind of get caught up in that thing because in the end of the day, you know, I, I think I have a long way to go um, to get to where I want to be. And I'm going back to play another year of college golf over in America. So I think I think that uh, I just have to focus on what's in front of me right now and I need to get ready for, for my next college season. 
and um, just kind of, you know, I, I don't want to blow it too far out of proportion either because, I, as I said, I do feel like I still have a long way to go to get to where I, I really need to be. So, um, yeah, I just kind of, at the moment, just have to have to stay grounded. You know, I still have, still have my friends out in Kinsale Golf Club mocking me about, about hitting snap hooks and, and whatnot. So that's good to, to uh, I suppose, keep my feet on the ground for now and just to, to remind me that I, I still um, have a long journey ahead of me. So, yeah, what I work on with my coach, Ian, is just staying in the present and just doing everything I can and just, as cliche as it sounds, just focusing on the next shot. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I'm going to focus on for the next one now, I think. It's one of those rare good news stories in the last couple of months with everything going on. It's great to see a, kind of a local West Cork fella going so well. And like you mentioned there, John, you're heading back out to America so for one more year in Louisville, is it? Yeah, yeah. So I, my senior year this year was cut short because um, the the coronavirus, um, it cut all the spring sports over there short. So whoever was competing in a spring sport, so sports like... Uh, there was us, there was baseball, a few other sports. We actually got a, an, an extra year of eligibility, which was lucky in a sense because it, it has given me the opportunity to go back now and do an extra year of study and um, add on to my degree and as well just hopefully keep getting better because, um, you know, what I have over there in the University of Louisville is exceptional in terms of facilities. We have everything we need to get better. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to avail of that opportunity to go back and, and hopefully uh, just, as I said, continue to get better. You've been at the university for a couple of years now. Putting golf aside for a second, kind of what sort of life experience it has it been for you? You're over now, kind of you're kind of soaking up a different culture, a different lifestyle. What's the whole adventure been like in America? Yeah, at the start I was very hesitant to go over. I was, I was kind of, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of Kinsale and Cork and I've loved growing up here and living here and I thought that it could have been a bit a bit of a shock for me, you know, not having a not having mum or dad's roast on a Sunday and um, you know I thought that that could have been a problem but thankfully you know I I kind of landed on my feet over there Um I think I you know I had a team around me that were very supportive and that uh, kind of made me feel at home straight away and that was very important for me and um, you know I, I just felt very comfortable straight away and honestly like I was having I was having such a great time that it was just going so quickly everything was just going by so so quick and um, you know we were kept busy between the schedule and whatnot and um, you know, before you know it, it's Christmas and you're home again and then you get home and you realise everything's the exact same as it was when you left and then before you know it at Christmas it's time to jet off again. So yeah, like it's it's uh, been a lot easier transition than I thought it would be. And yeah, it's something that I'd certainly recommend to anybody who's, you know, considering maybe moving, maybe not. I'd certainly you know, it's a big world out there, so I'd certainly recommend going out and seeing it as much as you can. The fact you found your feet so fast over over in America and pardoned a very bad pun here, but did it help you get into the swing of things a lot faster on the course then, kind of make you more, kind of find your feet on the course a lot quicker? Yeah, um, honestly, I I actually kind of struggled my, my first year there in terms of golf. I got surgery on my knee uh, in my first year there and it took me a bit of time to get back into it. And I, I think I was struggling a little bit. Um, but honestly, as I said, I was having such a good time over there and just enjoying the, the opportunity that was there for me that, you know, I just found it very easy to kind of pick myself back up because um, golf is a very mentally draining sport. So if things aren't going well off, like on the course, it, it can often reflect on your mood off the course. And I just tried to, to not let that happen and just tried to enjoy the opportunity that I had because I know that there'd be a lot of people who would love to, to have had that opportunity. And yeah, I suppose I just kind of tried to keep focusing on what, what was in front of me. And I knew that um, I had everything I needed to get better. So 
Um, yeah, thankfully, ever since ever since my first year where I struggled a little bit, I, I felt myself getting a little better ever since. You've and had, uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to keep moving in the direction. You've been obviously back home in Kinsale for, for the last couple of weeks with, uh, with this um, COVID-19 pandemic. Was it nice to get back out the course in the last few weeks too, to get back into the swing of things, to get back doing what you love? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just getting to see the people that um that I, I grew up playing with. You know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of very good golfers come through Kinsale the last number of years. Um, you know, obviously Cahill, Butler, uh, Gary Ward were were fairly instrumental in me getting better as a player. And you know, it's great to just go out and play with them again. And just it almost feels like we're kids again. You know, just going out in the golf course in the morning and just being able to play and have a laugh. And you know, there's no because the thing with golf is that well yeah my my life has been somewhat based around golf the last few years so it's nice to just be able to enjoy it again as opposed to getting too bogged down about results or thinking you know there's no results at the moment nobody cares what you're shooting nobody cares how you're playing and I've kind of enjoyed that element of it and at the same time I I'm a very competitive person and I don't want too much of that I don't want to uh you know just just take golf as as a laugh for the next while I'd love to to kind of have a set date for my next tournament so I can start um working again but yeah as I said I've, I've really enjoyed just being able to go out with with a few of my friends and just have a laugh the last few weeks um yeah it's it's been great to catch up with them you mentioned, you mentioned Gary Ward there. I remember Dennis Hurley had an interview with you in the Southern Star years ago, and you mentioned Gary is one of the fellas who got you started in golf in the first place. I think you said you were twelve or thirteen. Just take me back to then, um, John. How come? How come you like you played GA? How come you decided to kind of follow the golf route? Was it? Did you just take to the sports straight away? What was it? What was it about it? Yeah, I, to be honest, no, I didn't take to the sports straight away at all. Um, I was, you know, I was never the best player in. Um, growing up, I was never, you know, I, I never really stood out as as a, a very good golfer. Growing up, I always, well, I suppose one thing was I preferred other sports. I much preferred playing GEA and um, playing team and contact sports. And um, you know, I was I was pretty small as a kid, so I was able to to run around everyone, and I enjoyed that luxury. But then when I started to grow a bit and and got a bit slower, I um, I, I think I I took to golf a bit more, and I got injured as well when I was probably 16 or going on 17 maybe and or no sorry I would have been 17 going on 18 and that kind of put a stop to me playing GEA um so uh, yeah I, I wasn't able to run or put a lot of pressure on my knee and it, it, eventually I got surgery when I went over for my first year in in Louisville but uh I certainly do miss the the GEA you know I every year when I come back I, I come back playing with the juniors and hurling and you know that's that's one of my favorite parts of coming back over summer is, is getting to, to play again so um yeah, I don't know how long I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to keep doing that for, but I'm relishing it while I can. So, and was there any one moment in along this journey in golf that you realised, Jesus, I'm actually quite good at this? Was there any tournament, any competition that you kind of that you just stood out? Yeah, my my um under seventeen year, uh, I was I, I don't know was even on the Munster panel at the start of that year, and I remember Ian Stafford, my coach, coming up to me at the start of that year and saying look, I'm doing a program, I'm doing a player profile here and I need somebody to document and really work with over winter and see if they can improve. So, you know, do you want to give golf a, a proper go here? And I um, I said, yeah, I'd be delighted to. So we, we really put in some really good work that winter. Um, went into my under-17 year and I just had a string of really good finishes and 
yeah, I'd, I'd like to think I'd kind of had a steady progression ever since um, that year. You know, I really started to take it seriously, started to be more productive. And I think I matured a bit as well, uh, which helped and helped me realize what I needed to do to get better. Um, so, yeah, I think my under 17 year was really I, I went from six to scratch in the space of a year, which was a pretty big jump for me. Um, so, yeah, I think that was certainly where it started to change. And there's been plenty of highlights in the last couple of years, and I'm going to take you back to the Andrew Lynx Trophy success. Like that was a, there was another one that saw you kind of garner a, a lot of the headlines. How important was that for you in terms of your your development? Yeah, that was huge because it was a really big amateur event, and I was just, to be honest, I considered myself lucky to be playing. Um, at the time, I'd, I'd say I would have had a lot of success in amateur events in Ireland, but not on the international stage. And I went over to the event, and I think I was 400 to one at the start of the week um, playing that event. And, you know, I was one of the last players to get into the field. I only just about got in from a sponsor's exemption from, or sponsors, just from an exemption from the GUI. Um, and, yeah, thankfully just went over and everything just clicked. Uh, you know, I felt really comfortable. It was, um, I got to play St. Andrews, which is obviously a great opportunity in itself, just not to mind the, the tournament. I just, I was just happy to be there. And, yeah, just everything kind of went right, even going down the stretch. I went into a playoff and, um, I hold a 30-foot putt to to win it in the end, which, you know, that, that's just a, a rare thing to, to happen. You know, I can't say that that was um, down to pure skill because you do need an element of luck if something like that's going to happen to you at the right time. So, yeah, I just feel very lucky that I got the opportunity to do that. And thankfully, just everything worked out. And you followed in some very famous footsteps when you won the Mullingar Scratch Cup. That was another great, great one to add to the trophy trophy cabinet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially because last summer was probably, ever since that under-17 year, as I said, I think I had a, steady, a pretty steady progression. But I think last year, uh, 2019, I felt like I struggled over summer, which um, was something that I hadn't really been used to for a few years. And I was, I was yeah, I was, I was just kind of struggling with golf, to be honest. And then the end of summer came and I was tossing up with Ian, my coach, if I was going to play that event or not, because, you know, I'd had a long and draining summer. And I think he felt that I was a bit, um, I was a bit burnt out, and uh, he didn't really see much value in me going to play. And I, I kind of agreed with him in one sense, but I just, I don't know, I just had a feeling that that something was was going to happen and things were going to turn. And I went up anyway. I decided to go the day before it started, um, and because it's, you know, it's such a good event and such a, a, a big scratch cup. And I decided to go up, and uh, yeah, it's just thankfully found myself in contention again and that's that's when I enjoy golf the most is when you know there's there's really pressure on and when my when I'm in contention and when I'm competing for for titles um that's when I feel the most comfortable and then once I put myself in that position then I just kind of felt felt comfortable again and just kind of realized that you know this is this is why I um play golf this is what makes it fun for me and so yeah thankfully I decided to go to that and things worked out in the end again would you have good days with any golfer, the good days can be very good, but in the bad days, they're so frustrating. They're like the days you want to just throw the clubs into the water, kind of. How do you get through the bad days, Dan? I suppose for golfers listening to this, when they're, when they're having a bad round, when, when their swing isn't what they want, what advice can you give them, John, just to help them, I suppose, get back on track? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's inevitable that that's going to happen if you choose to play golf. Or, uh, yeah, any sport, really, it's the case. But golf, in particular, is... Uh, very mentally draining more than more than anything um, and you know everybody sees the the rewards that you get from from the good days and everybody sees you posting nice pictures but nobody's you know the only people that are really there for the bad days are your parents and your close family and friends um, but yeah certainly one thing that I've come to realize is my old assistant coach actually gave me this uh, 
gave me this piece of advice is that it's never as good as you think it is and it's never as bad as you think it is. You know, I came off the course there um, at a point last summer and I, I contemplated if I even wanted to, to keep playing. Like, you know, I was like, I just can't deal with this with this disappointment. And then sure, two days later, you're you're like, what was I whinging about? Like, you know, it's only a game. Just get on with it. Nobody cares. You just got to just gotta keep um, moving forward, I suppose, and just try to try to keep improving. Um, and another thing is it's, yeah, so it's, it's never as good as it is, as you think it is. And it's never as bad as you think it is. It's something that I've kind of tried to live by as much as possible. Um, the last while, because it certainly helps the bad days, uh, feel better. And it certainly helps you feel, uh, a bit more grounded when you're having good days and make you realize that, you know, you still have a long way to go. So probably I know the answer to this question, but what's your favorite course? Um, uh, it's a tough one. The old Hedekin sale is amazing. I, if you get that on a calm day, I just I don't think there's any better golfing destination in the world. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose with the history that's behind it, I and with the the success that I had there, I find it hard to look past St Andrews as well. I have a question here from our digital editor. He's Jack McCarran. He's a he's a Kilkenny man, and myself and Jack have had arguments over the years about Adam Sandler and Happy Gilmore because. I'm just not an Adam Sandler fan at all. And Jack wants me to ask you, do you rate Happy Gilmore as, as a golf film? And what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I do. I, sure, when I was growing up, I used to think it was the funniest thing in the world. Like, you know, I'd watch it. I'd watch it on a weekly basis almost. Um, yeah, no, I did. I I suppose that, I actually would be an Adam Sandler fan. That and The Longest Yard were my two movies growing up. So uh, I'd be I'd be against you in this scenario and say that I'd be I'd be a huge fan of Happy Gilmore. I think yourself and Jack McCarran will get on quite well. But even, <laughs> when it, even when it comes to, I suppose, golf and the movies, it, like, what are your favourite golf movies? You know, I know it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's a niche market, you could say, but is, is there any one that stands out besides Happy Gilmore? You know what? There's actually one more that's... Well, sorry, I can only really think of... Oh, well, Caddyshack as well is a really good one. But there's another one called The Greatest Game Ever Played, and I've just never got around to watching it. It's, it's, meant, to be, it's meant to be an incredible movie, and people tell me all the time who don't even play golf to, to watch it and I've just never got around to it so that's something I have to do um, but yeah certainly Happy Gilmore and Caddyshack are, are the two that, that stand out to me We're also running a competition in the Southern Star at the moment called Best in the West it's our search for West Cork's greatest sports person if I to ask you John who your favourite West Cork sports person is from over the years um, Yeah I suppose the O'Donovans have uh have made a name for themselves um, for for more than just rowing. I've uh, yeah, I'd, I would have been a huge fan of the O'Donovans. Um, and oh, who's in the running? Who, who's who's the last the last date of the I know Phil Healy. She's obviously um, she's Phil, a, a great. Phil Healy's there. Paul O'Donovan and we've Keith Cronin. But then, as opposed to the shortlist is sixteen, you'd like to Connor Howran from Bandon, you'd John Caulfield, you'd. Nolly Cleary, Jennifer O'Leary, the kind of they're the best of the best. So kind of I suppose we're so lucky here in West Cork that there's so many talented sports people, isn't there? Yeah, I was trying to think like how how you could how you could limit it down to uh, yeah, I, I saw the polls on Twitter, I'd been voting on them alright, but uh, I would I'd wondered how you got to the the conclusion of the final sixteen because it must have been a tough one to, to even narrow down to that much. Um but yeah, I suppose we're we're very lucky um that there is so much uh, good sport or yeah, great sports people coming out of uh, West Cork at the moment and hopefully it'll only get better from here I mean with the likes of even Conor Harrahan emerging now um, being was he the first Premier well was he the first Premier League player he's the first West Cork Premier League player and the first West Cork man to ever play kind of senior with the Republic of Ireland too so he's kind of he's yeah. 
yeah. setting the trend there as well. So incredible well, sports, um, You know, I know there's there's loads of good local lads here that would have gone to Kinsale Community School that are up and coming now. Um, you have the likes of Charlie Lyons, who's obviously um, up and coming. Hopefully, he can he can do some some great things. Um, and yeah, I suppose hopefully Conor Horan's kind of paving a path there to to get more people into the Premier League. And um, I know the likes of Finian Richardly as well, also paving a path for people in West Cork to. And I, like even Bannon Rugby Club, or sorry, Bannon Grammar School, you know they're they're um, they've been competitive in the Senior Cup the last few years, which is which is pretty rare um, from a West Cork school. So it's great to see them competing with the with the City Boys, and um, hopefully that can continue for for future years, and we'll see some more some, some more West Cork people lining out in a green jersey. What's your plan the next couple of weeks, so John, before you hit stateside again? Um, so I'm hoping that. I can get back into America in July to play a few tournaments. Um, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to wait and see now if they'll if they'll let me in or not. But uh, if I can get back in, then I'll probably make a date where I'll play my first tournament and work towards that date because that's that's something that I've always kind of done is I've worked towards something. I don't just kind of I don't I don't like just going out and working aimlessly for for no reason and not looking forward to anything. So um, if I if I can get a date where I play my first tournament, then I can kind of put a structure to it and uh, base my practice around that and I suppose just enjoying being at home as well you know I, I don't want to get too caught up in in golf and um, having to practice you know it's very rare that I get to come home and see my friends and see my family so um, yeah I suppose just enjoying what I have here at home for for now and enjoying the great weather that we have because that's pretty rare as well isn't it? You mentioned too actually John that you're you're very competitive as a golfer it kind of intrigues me kind of how you harness that competitiveness because Let's say it's a football match, you can go off and throw the defender beside you. If it's a soccer, you can go through the defender or the forward. As a golfer, how do you harness that competitiveness to kind of not actually affect your game? Yeah, yeah, that is a tough thing to do. Like, I've, I've noticed before when I've been playing matches against people who might have done one or two things that I didn't like, that, uh, you know, I actually, it, it just adds a lot of pressure. I feel, you know, you you want to win so bad and almost too bad that, like, <laughs> you're almost too up for it in one sense because, you know, golf is all about emotions and controlling them. And um, yeah, in the end of the day, in golf, you just you just have to stay in the present and you just have to realise, like as a, as a competitive person, I have to realise that, you know, I just have to do whatever I can in the moment to to achieve the best results I can. And whether that be just, you know, taking a time out, taking, taking a few deep breaths and reassessing for my next shot. And yeah, but it certainly is a tough thing to do is is trying to neutralize your competitiveness when you're when you're on the course. But what what really helps me with my competitiveness in golf is just like, you know, my uh well learning to win is one thing, you know, being able to being able to win is certainly something that's um that's important and that's something that Shane Lowry said uh to me there when we met him over Christmas. He said, you know, winning at whatever level you're playing at is so important for for moving forward and just learning how to win. Um, but then my competitiveness also carries me a lot, I suppose, in practice. Um, you know, if I'm going out to the golf course and it's very easy for me to remember a time where I, where I lost a match that I shouldn't have or where somebody that, that uh, I wouldn't be best friends with maybe beat me. Um, you know, situations like that can, can help kind of motivate me to, to try and uh, gain a competitive advantage against them during, during practice. So it's, uh, it's helped me in a few ways, all right. But there certainly has been times where it might have hindered me as well. And continue doing what you're doing because you're obviously doing the right things. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations again on the Byron Nelson Award. Fantastic achievement and best of luck and best wishes for the future, John. Thank you very much for having me, Kieran. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. The Best in the West in association with Access Credit Union. 
Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. We support local communities. We support you. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and we're going to switch our attention now to Best in the West, our search for West Cork's greatest ever sports person. But before we look back on the quarter-final ties, I just want to take a few minutes to talk about our partner in this search and that is, of course, Access Credit Union. I mentioned a few weeks back that I'd started the process of opening a credit un- a current account with Access Credit Union and I have to say I couldn't be happier with the service they've given me. Finally, Kieran, a real alternative to a regular current account. From, the t- from today... From today, so get your phones out. They're going to be taking membership applications over the phone in order to protect both the staff and their customers. And either you can call them or they'll arrange for someone to call you at a more suitable time. The only time then that you'll actually have to go in to the credit union is to drop in your ID. So it should take no more than 10 minutes, making life that bit easier for everyone. One of the many benefits of having your current account with Access Credit Union is that you'll get your IBAN immediately as opposed to waiting weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks for it from the bank. You'll also be helping the local community and economy, which is more important right now than ever before. But don't take my word for it. Give them a call today. It was Amanda who looked after me at the Access Credit Union in Skibbereen and she couldn't have been any more helpful if she tried. So give Amanda a call today and she'll sort you out too. But Kieran, let's switch our attention now to the quarterfinals of Best in the West. This is once again our search for West Cork's greatest ever sports person. And what a weekend we had. Incredible weekend, Jack. And first off, to say well done to Access Credit Union for getting your business because as a Kilkenny man, um, I thought Kerry people were tight, but Kilkenny men are tighter. So that's, that's a lot of money heading towards the Access Credit Union. So um, good business for them right there. But like you said, Jack, um, quarterfinals were on last weekend. And Jesus, what a weekend. It was brilliant. Um, I know there's kind of live sport is starting to come back kind of in the Bundesliga and different soccer leagues around around Europe. I was actually watching live sport on the Twitter polls the weekend. I, I spent my weekend checking on those Twitter polls to see how they were working out. And from Friday right through to Monday, it was epic. Um, I, I just run through them very quickly. On Friday, it was Bill Daly, the road bowling champion, up against legendary Cork and Bentley Blues footballer Graham Kenty. And at one stage, Kenty had the big lead but the road bowling community kind of rallied and Bill scored a great win there, kind of 51% to 49% and it went right down to the end. Then on Saturday, what a heavyweight tussle we had here. It was incredible. It was motorsport driver Keith Cronin from Ballylicky up against Cork Camogie's finest Jennifer O'Leary and this was an absolute epic best in the West quarter final. It swung one way, then the other way. I lost count of how many times the lead swapped hands and in the end, after nearly 2,300 votes, Keith Cronin pipped it by 2%. It was that close. Then on to Sunday, it was Paul O'Donovan, the world champion war from Skibbereen, up against Castlehaven and Cork football legend Niall Cahillan. And if you remember, Jack, last week, I was saying that for Paul to advance here, that he needed people to come out and support him because I thought the support he got in his first round win wasn't great. But by God, people came out and supported Paul O'Donovan. He had an emphatic win, 62% to 38% against Niall Cahillan. And that breaks down. He had well over 1,000 votes just for Paul alone, which was a huge, uh, huge number. And then on Monday, it was David Hart against Phil Healy. 
and Phil Healy had a comfortable kind of track line win here by 75% to 25%. But I just want to say congratulations to David Hart and his wife who welcomed their, their first little baby into the world um, earlier this week. So congratulations to them. So There's some consolation, I suppose, Kieran. Yeah, it's a, it's a better than a consolation prize. It's it's tremendous news for for David. So he was otherwise engaged this week. So um, I think he'll he'll concede this one to Phil Healy. So um, what we have now, the last four standing, who advance to the semi-finals that are on this weekend. We're going to have Bill Daly against Keith Cronin on Saturday, and then on Sunday it's Paul O'Donovan against Phil Healy. Paul O'Donovan and Phil Healy, like that's an absolute cracker of a tie. Two of the biggest or the highest profile athletes we have one's an Olympic silver medalist the other would have been in contention for at least a medal perhaps at this year's Olympics if they had gone ahead and then in the other semi-final it's as I called him last week the best moustache in road bowling up against Ireland's greatest ever or West Cork greatest ever rally driver I wouldn't have the knowledge to say he's Ireland's greatest ever but he, he possibly is he's got quite a CV and what I'm interested to see with the tie number one there the tie between Keith Cronin and Bill Daly throughout this whole competition both communities involved in their sports have really got behind their men so the road bowling community has been out on social media rallying the troops from all around the country as have the rallying community getting behind their man so it's going to be interesting to see it could come down to who has a more rabid fan base is it the road bowlers or is it the rally drivers so two we, we, we've we've made predictions throughout this um, Paul O'Donovan is still in contention we both picked him to win at the start but I think it's almost impossible to pick who's going to go through from these two semi-finals and I think what happens too when when you see the polls being tight then you see a lot more kind of engagement and interaction with it um, Phil Healy took a very early lead against David Hart and their conversation cantered to victory was never ever trouble go back to the Keith Cronin and Jennifer O'Leary it was so tight you could see the canvassing going on on Twitter there was um, the amount of retweets likes and engagement with, with that poll was was incredible to see so I can actually predict that Paul O'Donovan and Phil Healy could be an absolute epic I think it's going to be very very tight and what that does then as the day progresses more and more people engage with it they'll get involved you know they'll become aware of what's going on so like you have it's an absolute epic like Paula Donovan the greatest Irish rower of all time Phil Healy the greatest Irish women sprinter of all time both young West Cork people and just as a side note at the 2019 um, West Cork Sports Star Awards in the Celtic Ross um, that's when Phil Healy was crowned the West Cork Sports Star of the Year herself and Paul met for the first time ever and it was actually at the end of the night after Phil won the award we were taking her out to the to the lobby of the Celtic Ross um, for the official pictures and Paul O'Donovan was there and they actually kind of they spoke for a couple of moments I, I remember taking a picture on my phone I was like this is too good an opportunity to turn down kind of two of the the greatest kind of Irish sports stars of, of the current era and two of West Cork's finest together for the first time and now here we have it two years later or sorry a year and a half later they're they're facing off in a best in the West semi-final so um, I, I think it's going to be incredible and I'm, going, I'm like a broken record here Jack and I just want to say as well that what I love about this best in the West competition is we'll have a winner at the end of it but what this has done for even the profile of all the 16 that were shortlisted and especially those who are involved in the latter stages um, you're, you're teaching a different audience all, all about them kind of how many 
West Cork sport fans out there can put up their hand and admit that they, they knew Bill Daly won two world titles, that he was a two-time county champion, that he won the King of the Roads five times. I don't think many can, so I think it's brilliant that we're getting to educate, um, not really educates the wrong word, sorry, but just to share these West Cork sports people's exploits and celebrate them all over again. Keith Cronin is another great example. Um, the man won the British Rally Championship four times. He's a he's a legend in motorsport circles, but maybe outside of that, probably he wasn't fully appreciated for the talent that he is. But now you can see on social media with the following that he has and how the motorsport community is rallying in behind him, just how highly they rate Keith Cronin. So um, I think it's the silver lining to all this. It's just great to see these West Cork sports people being celebrated and 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 lauded for their achievements over the years and then just before we finish this segment here and just remind the listeners when the votes will be taking place for the semi-finals so the first semi-final is Saturday June 13th which is this Saturday and it's between Bill Daly and Keith Cronin the poll opens at 10am on my Twitter page and it runs through to 2am that night so there's that 16 hour window there so whether you're on Twitter in the morning in the afternoon in the evening or late into the night there's no excuse not to vote and the same applies for Sunday which is June 14th when Paul Donovan and Phil Healy face off again the poll opens at 10am it goes through to 2am so there's no excuse not to vote and now that we're down to the last four we're going to we're going to finalists um, by next Monday so I'm encouraging everyone who's on social media and on Twitter to please vote kind of have your say there's four people left now and let's crown the best in the West. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're not on Twitter, just join Twitter and vote in this poll or call in a favour from a friend or, or, a, or a cousin you know is on, is on Twitter. But just make sure you've, you're saying this because um, it's going to get exciting in the next couple of weeks and we're going to have our best in the West in, in less than two weeks' time. So it's a chance to have your say. So get on my Twitter page this weekend and vote in the semi-finals. The Best in the West, in association with Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. We support local communities. We support you. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And before we wrap up today's episode, we're going to take a quick look at what's to come up in this week's Southern Star sports section. The Southern Star will be in shops across West Cork and beyond from Thursday morning. But if you can't make it to the shops, you can go online www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read the Southern Star for less than €2 a week. An absolute bargain. Kieran, what will readers be getting for that €2 per week? Yeah, plenty of reading in this week's Southern Star sports section, Jack. A couple of the highlights, one of the what I'm looking forward to is the return of the West Cork Minute. That's um, West Cork's favourite Q&A question. It has taken a break in the last couple of years because I ran out of questions to ask about penguins. But um, being in lockdown, it's given me a chance to kind of, I suppose, re-evaluate my thoughts on penguins. So I'm back with a new penguin question and I'm back with a new West Cork Minute. So that's in this Thursday, Southern Star. And Shane Howard of Bandit Athletic Club, who is Ireland's long jump champion, is first up and... Um, as ever, the West Cork Minute is entertaining. It's extreme sensations and absolutely madcap questions. So it's just a bit of fun. 
We have a couple of good long reads in this week's sports section. Um, Joe McCarthy spoken to Laura McMahon. She's the Ross Carby ladies footballer who won five All-Irelands in six years with the all-conquering Cork senior football team. Great interview by Joe. Um, I've caught up with Owen DC, the St. James's footballer who is now living in New York with his partner. And St. James, um, Owen was a stalwart of St. James's teams for years and years and years. But he moved to New York in early 2019 and he actually missed the season where St. James has won the Junior Football Championship for the first time. So, um, But he talks about how it's not, he, he doesn't regret his decision whatsoever. It's just a, it's a nice interview with Owen, who actually flew home, Jack, for four of the nine championship games last year from New York back to Cork to cheer on St. James's. So that's dedication for you. And then um, the long read this week is an interview with Skibreen Roar, Eugene Coakley, well, a former Skibreen Roar, who rode for Ireland at the 2004 Olympic Games in Athens. Eugene was part of the Irish lightweight four that got to the final but didn't finish last. Um, it's I think it's a good read. You've actually read this one, Jack. It's um, it's a, I think I I enjoyed this story because Eugene is quite honest, honest and open about where I went wrong for that Irish lightweight four because. When you look at rowing, Gary Paul Donovan won Ireland's first rowing medal at the Olympics back in 2016, and we've seen what that did for their profile. But that lightweight four back in 2004 had the potential to win Ireland's first Olympic medal, but they didn't. And Eugene blames um, what he pins it on decisions made in the run-up to it. So um, it's an interesting read. I think it's a uh, it's an interesting insight from Eugene into into what went on. Um, in, in the Irish lightweight four in the run-up to the Olympics and where it all went wrong. So I think that's well worth the picking up the Southern Star Sports section for on Thursday alone. Um, it's a long read, like I said, it's spread across. So it's something that's kind of tuck into for the weekend. So there's plenty in this week's Southern Star. So well picking it up, great value as usual. Yeah, that long read, as Kieran mentioned, with Eugene Coakley is full of great insight and detail into what it takes to become first and foremost an elite athlete and also the mindset elite athletes have when it comes to searching for that all-important win that's all we have time for on this week's star sport podcast we'll be back at some stage later in the week for an in-depth preview of the best in the west semi-finals if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on itunes spotify youtube google podcasts acast stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show